This is a place. This is a place. This is a place. We want to talk about. This is a place. Thank you for listening to This Is A Place podcast. My name is Brandon, and I'm joined by a man who, when playing football, the coach had to go into the special closet to get him a helmet because his head is too big. Nate. And that's a true story. I really do have a big head. And you would think playing football, they'd have helmets that would fit my head. But no, they had to get a big helmet for me. And even then, it was a little loose, but... Uh, on my mission, the first landlady that we had, she called me Copy Zone, Big Head. Other Copy Zone, Mega Mind, got a Big Head. That's why I grow my hair out. I think it hides the fact that I got a big head. <laughs> Speaking of hair, when are you going to cut your hair already? I don't know. It just just keeps going, going. Originally, I wanted, I think, 12 inches because that's what they were asking for, but they're also begging for 14 inches. So I'm like, yeah, should I just keep going? And go, Saved you do. a ton of money on haircuts in the last year or so. But speaking Very of true. big heads and football, that's what we're talking about today because I think there's some interesting football happenings this weekend in our state. This is true. The game we've all been waiting for got canceled last year. Wasn't a good turnout two years ago. Or the year before that. Or the year before that. Or the year before that. (laughs) (laughs) Go back nine, nine meetings between these two teams as we are talking about BYU and Utah football, as it is so affectionately known as the Holy War. And it has been a a dry couple of years for us Cougar fans. It's been a minute since we, we won. I believe the last time BYU won... My nephew, who is now, I believe, a senior in high school and a huge BYU fan. I'm sure he's listening right now. But um, we were at the game at the BYU Stadium. And I think it's the game that went over. Was it the game that went overtime? Is that the last time we won? I don't think it went into overtime. Or maybe it was the year before that. Was it 2009 that the game went to overtime? So we're at that game. The one went to overtime. And, uh, but the whole like fourth quarter, he was just a young kid, but he was like, when's this game over? When are we going to go home? And we're like, when the clock says zero, zero, we can go home. And then ended going into overtime. And so when they started in, you know, the overtime period, he like flipped out. He was so <laughs> mad. Like we lied to him. You told me when the clock said zero, zero, we got to go home. It now says zero, zero, but I bet you dollar to donuts. He would definitely enjoy that game today if it was replayed and he had a could see it now and it was a good game that one because we won but then that we win that was it then i think a lot of people blame max hall as he was the quarterback at the time and went into the 
press briefing afterwards and that was the game. Yep. Talked about how much he loved Utah fans and yep. everybody in the Utah program. But he didn't use the words love. This he did not. But they say if you look at it, the starting quarterback for BYU is again named Hall. So maybe Jaron Hall will be the one to break it for us. And then he can say how much he hates you, tough fans. <laughs> and then start I don't know. all over again. This is well, probably how- going to be a, a pretty biased episode because, as everyone already knows, and as we've already had the discussion, both Nate and I are big BYU fans. We'll try to be as fair as we can allow ourselves to be. Yeah, but we're not going to be. (laughs) (laughs) I got to ask, how do you feel about Utah outside of playing BYU? How do I feel? Yeah, is there any – do you hope that they do well? I I watch most of their games. Um, I'm a – the state of Utah. I can't say Utah state because it confuses people for the college, but the state of Utah, I want all the colleges and teams to do well. Um, anything to do with Utah. It's just the way I am. So I, I do, I probably going to hurt our friendship letting you know that I do have Utah gear that I do wear What's... quite a bit. Wow. But um, my loyalty is definitely with BYU. So I, I do want Utah to win. Uh, I enjoy when they win, cheer for them. Um, two of the coolest games I've ever watched sports-wise, and one of the most heartbreaking games I've ever watched was, um, uh, gosh, was it 1996 when uh, Utah went to the NCAA championship game in basketball? Well, I don't know. You were probably, you were just a young lad. I was but, little. Um, so I was 16 years old or 17 when that went down and that was a heartbreaking loss. And so it's kind of strange having, you know, those feelings when I was watching a Utah game, but I wanted to win. And I, and I loved the Fiesta Bowl run with Alex Smith in 2004, I think it was. So that was super fun to watch. So I wasn't definitely cheering against them. I was cheering for them, but it does, it does get rough sometimes because some of the Utah fans and, I know BYU fans are just as guilty, but it can be hard to cheer for Utah when some of the fans are just so mean. <laughs> um, is the the nice way to put it? They just they're just just mean. <laughs> so, but yeah, to answer your question in a long way, yes, I do cheer for Utah. I even watched the game against. Well, I tried watching the game against Weber State. Um, I watched the Weber State run back the the kickoff. And then next thing I know, two hours have passed. I fell asleep. <laughs> but I, and I wake up and I'm like, wait, how's it still just the first quarter? I'm like, oh, it must have been a rain delay. Um, but then I had to go because it was postponed so long that I had to go. So I didn't get to watch the rest of the game. But yeah, they won, which they were supposed to. But at the time when I fell asleep, they were losing. So right. let me ask you the same question. Do you cheer for Utah when they're not playing BYU? I probably get hate for this one too because I am I won't cheer for Utah. And I attribute it to my my uncles who are diehard Utah fans. My one of my uncles, he actually my first football game I ever went to was a Utah game. I went and saw Utah play Wyoming. 
and I asked my uncle what Wyoming's colors were. So I wore those to the game. Kind of like a brat, I guess. <laughs> and so maybe I maybe that's the reason. It's because I like the competition and the the back and forth in my family. I mean it never right. gets bad. It's never out of hand. It's it's pretty playful. And so I think because of that, maybe that's why I, I can't bring myself to cheer for Utah. But I can understand that. The reason I'm a BYU fan is because of my grandma. She was a big BYU fan. And I followed along with her. And it's fun. It's the rivalry rivalry is um it can be fun if you have the right the right people. Sometimes people get a little bit too intense with it, but and it's been going on a long time. Um, we were talking a little bit beforehand because I remember hearing how it started. Well, first of all, I think it's worth noting what a holy war is because that's what they call it. I know they've said don't call it that, but still to this day, people call it that, right? Right. And there's not a consensus. Utah recognizes more meetings between the two teams and says the rivalry started sooner than BYU will acknowledge because BYU was previously BYA Brigham Young Academy, so BYA, and they won't recognize those things prior, including what some say is the baseball game that started it all in 19, not even 19, 1895, that ended in a three-way tie and a large brawl at the end of the game. I don't think, and look at thinking back to the history, I don't remember lots of times there's been fights or things of that nature in these games, even though it has, at least for the fans, more of a heated feeling to it. Can you remember any times other than that? Like times when there was like a brawl, a fight, anything like that in the games? Um, No, I've known there's been a couple, like the cheerleaders. The cheerleaders? I didn't some, like a cheerleader, like tackle some guy or punch some guy. Utah cheerleader Billy Prittis had to be pulled off a cougar van who jumped out of the stands and tackled him. It was actually pretty much self-defense by the cheerleader. He had to protect himself from the crazed fans. Prittis was carrying a large U flag after the touchdown that put the Utes up 20 to 10. While many BYU fans complained the flags taunted them in their own stadium, Utah fans focus on the behavior of stadium security. They were a lot rougher like throwing the Utah cheerleader around than they were with the BYU guy. I just took him off gently. BYU Athletic Director Val Hale tried to control the developing situation, telling the youth cheerleaders to put the flags away. BYU police are investigating the incident. The attacker was not a student, and he was led away in handcuffs. The, the key to the event is the football game, you know, not the flag waving and the fights in the stands. There you go. Sounds like a guy jumped out of the stadium and the Utah cheerleader had a take care of business <laughs> see there it started with the byu fan jumping out and tackling the the utah cheerleader yeah didn't Pretty sound neat. like the cheerleader was arrested like the fan was like i said both sides have their not so bright fans and i i'm a byu fan and i get bugged by byu fans a lot especially at the games and same thing, when I go to Utah games, I get bugged. I think we brought up this point, or I brought up this point before, but no matter what we do, we have zero influence on the outcome of the game, right? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, we can go to the game, and we are. We are going to the game this Saturday, and we can cheer loud, and maybe that helps motivate the players. But in reality, we can't practice. We can't go to the gym and hit the weights to to make the outcome one way or another. So it's like it's it's <clears throat> it's interesting how involved or excited we get as a fan, but yet there's nothing we can do to to help them win. Yeah, even our, loud. even our cheering loud, I don't think collectively, maybe it makes a difference, but just the two of us cheering loud, I don't know if there would be much of a difference if we were at the game or not. It'll have the same outcome. Even though right. I like to think that it would. We did have the, uh, the opportunity to speak with someone from within the BYU organization, a BYU broadcaster, Jerem Jordan. And he came on to talk with us, not just about the rivalry, but kind of BYU in general. So you guys have a podcast. This yeah. is a place. I like the name. And it's funny. I thought I was thinking about it just as we were discussing. We kind of start with an opening joke, much like your guys' show does. So I think that's where it came from. Nice. Without really saying it came from, you know, Sports Nation, but <laughs> you've inspired us. So thank you. We probably got it from somewhere else. Yeah, so it's all good. Yeah, you just pass it down, you know. There's nothing in the original anymore, right? There's nothing. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Adam's like, I'm the OG, but I actually got it from God. He actually got it from so and so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything going on, you know. Thanks for still taking some time to join us. It's really, I think. Oh heck yeah, dude! One of the shows I've listened to the longest. Uh, sometimes yeah. I watch, but I usually listen to you in double speed, so it's weird hearing your voice normal. <laughs> right, right. A lot faster. I do, I do that too. I'm a one and a half speed guy on podcasts. I used to yeah. be too. PTI was like too fast. Will on speaks too fast. I can't. So tell us what, why are you such a big BYU guy aside from the paycheck? I, uh, I, I don't, I liked BYU from a distance growing up and I didn't move to Utah until I was 11. And then, um, you know, then I could actually watch the games on TV and, uh, you know, when it's the nineties, you can't watch the games if you're not in the Salt Lake area or, you know, going to the stake center, I guess. I never actually did that growing up, but I know a lot of people did. So moving to Utah was awesome because my uncles and aunts really liked BYU and they went to BYU. So I loved the idea of BYU a lot growing up. I wrote to Ty Detmer in uh, 1991 before the Holiday Bowl when the BYU tied Iowa. You know, I was, I, I sorry, I wrote to Santa about Ty Detmer. Um, and, and, uh, I guess in our culture, we can't pray about BYU football as honestly as we want. So I just wrote to Santa, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I've always loved BYU. I went to Education Week as like a teenager, just like be on campus. I would go to the sports information office and convince them to give me a media guide for free. because I didn't really have that much money. And then I just devour it. I knew the heights and weights and hometowns and who recruited who and whatever. So it's it's fun now to still be that kid, but put it you know express myself in a different form I guess and in my fandom of BYU and ultimately sort of come to the realization that oh I'm a storyteller of BYU sometimes that's an opinion talk show sometimes that's play-by-play one of the most meaningful ones for me has been uh, I'm the executive producer over these deep blue features these tv pieces that are really meaningful it's fun to pick these stories and kind of tell those and then we started a deep blue podcast slash radio show on BYU Radio, where I can sit down and talk with someone like you guys are right now and really get to know someone and tell their story. So 
That's been awesome. I, I love BYU Athletics. I love Royal Blue. I love the Navy Blue. I love the Sailor Coog. Love your, love your hat there, Nate. That's great. Um, the Stretch Y. But the, my favorite love is actually the Beat Digger. That's the one where the Cougars kind of on top of the BYU. Is oh, okay, yeah. In the 80s. It's called the Beat Digger. I don't, shout out to Jordan High. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> wondering too. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. But I, I love your athletics. I love the people. I love telling their stories. It's a really special place in that regard. There's a lot of discussion relative to things around BYU. At the heart of my fandom is the people and their stories. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. So I think it's really cool you got the opportunity. I mean, you're in a very unique position. Like when you were a kid, you're writing to Santa about Ty Detmer. Now you can just call him and be like, hey, let's talk to you about your take on this. How has it been yes. to just have BYU Nation at your fingertips like you have? It's been so fun because I'm a fan like you guys. I just happen to be able to talk about it, but we can have this shared experience and I can help get these stories out there. And it's not just players and coaches, it's fans. Like multiple times this week, I've had people reach out to me saying, Hey, my uh, grandpa just had a stroke. He's 89. He's in the hospital. He doesn't miss the show. Um, Any chance you can shout him out? I was like, yes, we have a place for that in the show where we can kind of talk about that. Another guy reached out, DM me on Twitter and said, Hey, I've, I've got a buddy who got COVID luckily survived last, last uh, summer. He's kind of an older guy actually had his leg amputated in the process. I'm taking him to the game this weekend in Vegas. And uh, he's going to be at the fan fest too. Any chance to do anything with him? I said, absolutely. Like I love Cougar nation. I love being able to interact with people and talk about what's going on and what people think. Obviously some opinions are crazy, <laughs> but <laughs> just the, the, the stories and the connection that we have, the shared experience that we have sort of the tribal nature of that is really fun. Like we're all in this together, hoping BYU is as successful as possible and we can enjoy the highs together. We can commiserate on the lows. I just think that's like an enlarging vehicle for the human experience i can't imagine being uh me without sports and specifically byu i just think life would be and it's not everyone has their different flavors right of of human ice cream if you will the experience but like i want sports i want the adrenaline that i feel there i want the inspiration of you can do anything like watching the olympics is so fun right and byu sports we've seen so many cool things happen over the years. We've seen tragedy. We've been together in that, right? When Reno Mahi's daughter Elsie died, like we were devastated together. And that was so sad. And when Zach Wilson goes from breaking his thumb at Toledo, BYU's two and three to number two pick, you know, it's like we celebrated that ascension. 
So I, I love, I love that. I love that we can do that together. Yeah, going off your bringing up your Deep Blue podcast and having Reno Mahe on, I think we have a lot of people, some people that listen to the show or BYU fans as well, but also just people throughout Utah. Um, even if you're not a fan, I think people can find enjoyment in this more long form interview style that you have with the show. Um, the Reno Mahe episode I just got done listening to is a really great one. Thank you. Just about, I mean, he went and played for the Eagles, right? And so when you ascend from just BYU or from Utah, then we can be a fan of the people again, because it's not, Oh, they're on Utah. Now they're, they're from Utah and they're representing our state in, in the big time. Totally. So. Like I, I loved uh, the gymnast that is a member of the church. Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints went to Utah that went in the Olympics and got the silver from Arizona. Mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, that feels like a win for us, you know? Um, yeah. And you can, and let's be honest, we aren't in the NFL. We aren't in the NBA. You know what I mean? Like, I can live through someone else to some degree in that way and be happy for them, with them. Dax Milne made the Washington football team 53-man roster today, which is incredible. He's not supposed to. He's he's a seven, he's second to last pick, almost Mr. Irrelevant. He's the most irrelevant, relevant player in the draft. You know what I mean? <laughs> he makes that team. And it's just so cool to celebrate him and how hard he worked because that's a win. That's a win for Dax. He did all the work, but that's a win for us because we're on team Dax Milne. You know, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. I just find, I find joy in that to some degree. It doesn't replace the highs and the lows of my own life per se, but it's a fun ancillary human experience to what I'm experiencing, what my family's experiencing. But we wouldn't be lying if we said sometimes it did create lows and highs in our life. Being a yeah. BYU fan? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And listen, there have been some lows, right? Like, we, we don't have to name them because I don't want to feel that negative energy right now. But we, we know that there are specific games, specific scores, specific quarters of certain bowl games, right? Like, what the heck? What the freak? <laughs> you know, like, it, but it's part of the deal. Like, you got to have those lows to have highs. You know, it, I think about Utah and, like, Listen, I would love to be in that position when they BYU in the Big 12 of the struggle of they had they were five and seven two of the first three years to they were ranked fifth before the Pac-12 title game against Oregon in 2019. And if they win that game, they're in the playoff. But they didn't. Go <laughs> but they, didn't. they lost to Texas and right. And and but but like we felt that no nine beating Oklahoma and Tulane and Florida State comes in, bang. And then we rise up, TCU comes in, bang. But then we finish on a high, 11-2, top 15. It's awesome, man. It's like there, there are you have to have some lows to have the highs. Like Zach Wilson had to go four and three as a freshman, and maybe who knows, had to blow a 20 to nothing lead. The whole team did, but against Utah 2018, to have a 2020, maybe. Like maybe, right? You you can't, it's not all Alabama and Clemson for everybody. The average team has some real highs and real lows. When you think about the lows for BYU, think we could be San Diego State. They never have any highs that matter. You know what I mean? Like they have a 10-win season. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. When you're BYU and you go 11-1, and you get the number two pick and you finish in the top 12. That's what happens. And it's a special place with special people. And it's awesome, man. And uh, you could be Wyoming. You could be San Diego State. 
Like they have some awesome moments too, but BYU is a special place. So do you, I know you've talked about it on the show quite a bit, but do you think being independent has been good for the program? And then two, Big 12, what's the possibilities of getting in? Let's just start with Big 12. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I think there's a real possibility. I do. I, I've been saying I think it's dependent on how desperate the Big 12 is. Uh, if they're desperate, they'll invite BYU. They really will. They had some issues in 2016, some of which were on the field, most of which were off. And maybe they don't feel the same way. And, and they look at the program as a, a value added, which, listen, I said a couple weeks ago on the show, I thought BYU would be like equal to the value. I'm not sure they'd go, you know, more value. Hey, maybe they do provide more value. Like I'm open to being, uh, you know, learning new stuff and changing my opinion on that. Um, I think it'd be awesome. Um, I think it'd be a game changer for the university and the athletic department. I hope that the big 12 feels like they have to expand. I don't know how they wouldn't right. and that they invite BYU. I, I, I really hope that. What do you guys think? Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, can't really add any more to that, but um, I, I think, think it's time. I'm, I'm ready to join a conference again. I yeah. haven't been a super big fan of the independent schedule, but I, I miss just the, the playing the same teams every year and the rivalry that comes from it and the excitement from it. I mean, it's always fun to go play these bigger teams, but it's just fun to, to, to get back, get revenge or whatever the next season. So. Yeah. And, and I've learned this, it just depends what you want out of BYU football. And that will dictate kind of where you hope BYU ends up. So like, what do you guys want out of BYU football? And I'll tell you what I think that means for where BYU should be, what conference or indie you know, kind of what Nate said, having that that rivalry with those same teams and having like a conference championship, that's that's exciting. And we haven't had that for the last, you know, 10 plus years. Yeah. I don't know. What about you? Yeah, I feel the same way. Just even I would even be willing to join the Mountain West just to get back. Well, to hold, on, hold on. Not the Mountain West, Nate. <laughs> that's a pipe dream. But yeah. It, it, so if BYU itself wants autonomy. It wants to be able to make its own schedule and work with ESPN on said schedule and maximize the TV money that they could get at any other G5, right? If you want like a conference context and the possibility of a championship, yes, join a league. What like you can't be in a power five just because you want to, right? So the AAC to me would be the best option for that idea, which let's be honest, the AAC is what the Mountain West used to be produces two or three top 25 teams a year. There's one that's in the top 10 right now, Cincinnati. UCF's had like two years after Josh, um, you know, Hypel's taken over. Now he's at Tennessee, by the way, which is fun. Um, they took, they were good, but not great. Blow them out in the bowl game. That was fun. Um, so AAC is interesting. If BYU, if BYU wants to go to the Big 12, we're not talking about a conference championship much if at all right like maybe there's a one year that's really special and magical that's going to be really hard like mm -hmm. BYU's been playing three to five power fives a year and now you throw in eight every year it's different like you're going to lose four games a year four to six games a year it's just going to be a little harder maybe it's two or three like if BYU wins 10 and here's what I want if the playoff goes to 12 I would actually want the AAC more Again, if the Big 12 is there, take it. But that's not a thing you can just do. They have to invite you and we want it. If it's Indy or AAC, because Mountain West is not a realistic option, we're not going to go back. But if, the a if, if we, there's a 12-team playoff, 
and you want the playoff, if that's what you want out of your football is to make the playoff, then you need to go to the AAC and you win the league. I think in 2021, the landscapes changed. In 2011, it was like, we need to be on ESPN because you know what sucks? The mountain sucks, but being on CBS Sports Network sucked because it wasn't in HD. It was never... I think now it's okay. Like if the game was on FS1, does it really matter? If the game's on CBS Sports Network, does it really matter? And maybe maybe we don't have to play at 826 Mountain Time. Uh, you know, who knows? Right now, while the playoff's still four, that's unrealistic for a non-Power 5 team. It's not like a real thing for us. That if we want to have more 2020s, which will be hard, that was a schedule that obviously we could handle with that team. I would have loved to have seen last year's schedule with that team. We'll never know. I, when we die, I'm going to ask, what would the record have been? Like nine and three, maybe. First question. Pretty good. But I, I want to see us play uh, three power fives, Utah, a big one, and then a winnable one. And then I want to see three good group of fives. That's Boise State still. And then give me like a Cincy, Memphis, or UCF or whatever. And then give me five or six winnable games. And now we're talking about an actual schedule where you can go 10 plus wins and you finish ranked because no team is relevant that wins fewer than 10 games. You just don't matter. So if you load up the schedule too much, no one really cares about your season. I want like a meaningful lasting season. And last year was special. season. Yes. And none of us are complaining about how last year went, right? Everyone is happy. We can't play that schedule every year. That's like way too weak. Some people think based on my schedule agenda that I want us to like be in the big sky. That's don't throw the <laughs> don't throw the extremes at me. I don't want it to be too tough. I don't want it to be too easy. Tom Homo has the toughest job in the biz, but kind of my three, three, six model is what I think would still be functional to win 10 plus games and have a shot at something that matters. Yet you have to appease recruits. You have to appease ESPN. You have to appease the fans with a home schedule that, is good and get out on the road. I'm going to – don't take this the wrong way. Take it the right way. 1984 was the best and worst thing that ever happened to us. Best because we won the Natty, but worst because we think it can actually happen still. Like, <laughs> it cannot happen. It cannot happen. It cannot ha- – ask Boise State, how many times did they go undefeated and it didn't do anything? You know what I mean? The top of the mountain is a New Year's Six birth for us right now in this situation. And we are scheduling too hard to ever get there. Our teams can be good. We saw that last year. But we didn't play any Power Fives. If we play Power Fives, we're going to lose a couple of games. You lose two games. As BYU, you don't have Group 5 access. You don't. You can't get in to a New Year's Six game. If you're BYU, you can't out at large Texas A&M very easily. You know what I mean? So this is the world we're in. Hopefully we get to the Big 12. If not, I'm with you, Nate, where – hey, you know what? The AC in football only maybe wouldn't be the worst thing. I do love the West Coast Conference for all the other sports. And as you know, Spencer and I call more games for the other sports than anybody else, we love the WCC. We think it's great. Yeah. I love it as a men's hoops conference. I think it's great. I wouldn't mind the AC either, but it's like, it's just way the heck out there. I know we have airplanes, but logistically, I'm not. Budgetarily, that'd be tough. Mm-hmm. And the TV contract is less than what it is in independence. There would have to be there'd have to be some good reason to do that. I don't really see us, especially coming off of 11 and one, sorry, long answer coming off of 11 and <laughs> one, number two pick and an NIL deal that went viral. There's no way we're letting anyone else tell us what to do right now, except if the big 12 invited us. 
and that changes the conversation. That makes sense. I agree with you. A, a point you made is that we we have to play Utah every year. That's just I how could it. we not? Yeah. And this episode will be released the week of the rivalry, the week of the Holy War, as oh, they I call can't it. Wait for this Saturday. Let's go. So, a uh, recent KSL article said that this is the year that BYU and Utah are both equally strong. What are your thoughts on that and our prospects yeah. of beating Utah this year? I always feel like BYU's got a shot, except for 2019, although that was just false hope. We were hoping, but it was like that Utah team was loaded, man. Oh, wait, that uh, Utah team was in the top 10. We were just outside it. That was a fun fight, but it was up there, and, and BYU turned the ball over last. Always play, Utah's always a challenge because, unfortunately, BYU is playing two opponents. BYU is playing the Utes and history. Mm-hmm. There's a burden associated with this streak that is tangible now for these players. Hopefully, they can be naive and shed that off because uh, that is there. But I feel really good about it. I think the first time a full stadium is going to be there is going to be extra juicy. I got a taste of that at women's volleyball. On Friday night last week, it was the opening day. They played at noon. There were only like a thousand people there. That night, women's volleyball, there were 4,800 fans in that gym. It was amazing. We have a great women's volleyball team. At the end of the day, this is a football school. It's not every sports school, but it's a football school. And that that stadium's going to be packed, and BYU's going to be wearing some sick unis. And we're going to be rolling out our guy, Jaron Hall, now. And it's going to be awesome. And if BYU can avoid turnovers be even or plus you got a good shot right you got a good shot I, I like BYU's depth I like the playmakers on offense I like the O-line yeah I, I think Utah is certainly talented and they're getting a lot of Pac-12 scraps meaning oh I wanted to go to USC and UCLA but they didn't recruit me but I can still go to Utah because that's a top 25 program and I can get in there and they play good ball and Listen, that's a good program. Like, I am peanut butter and jealous of what Utah has done. I wish BYU could be in that position, and I hope they are soon in the Big 12, right? Of, like, constantly relevant, doing something. Like, uh, the brand grows, right? There's ups and flows to things, right? And this is certainly, like, the highest that program's ever been. When BYU was high, it was higher than this. Let's just keep that in context. But, uh, yeah, I, I think BYU has a good shot to beat Utah. I'm excited about it. It's probably like a fifth. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a 50-50 fight, and BYU's at home. I always like BYU at home, uh, unless you're playing Wisconsin in 2017, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, that, grab our, ugly. we'll grab our blue goggles, we'll grab our cooter tails, and we'll be cheering along, hoping exactly. this is the year and that we don't have to have a long, this even a longer drought since it'll be a while before we play them again. Yes, that's a great point. And I tried to bring this up like, hey, this year's it's worth four. Because we didn't play last year. We're not playing the next two years because Florida, four years. We got to do it. Yeah. I can't wait that long. (laughs) (laughs) Don't win. We live in Salt Lake County for crying out loud. We can't deal with this anymore. I know. I buried myself in in, uh, South Utah County, so I don't have to hang out with Utes. My, uh, My stepdad's a Ute. Listen, we don't talk that much. (laughs) <laughs> i have an uncle that listens to this podcast and he's a. Uh, I attribute my maybe even more my BYU fandom to the rivalry between me and my uncles and so it's it's very real it's very tangible the the rivalry and the passion that comes from it 
Yeah, that's that's awesome. And it, listen, it's fun. BYU and Utah, it's fun. I know there's it can get like weird and gross and whatever, but like the average BYU Utah interaction, that can be fun. But hey, BYU needs to win a little bit. It's not super fun when it's a nine game losing streak. That's yeah. not. There's nothing fun about that. In fact, well, that's the way it was for the Utes for me growing up, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've no, been on both true. ends. Been on both I ends. I would now. love it to be more 50-50. Well, I'd love fun. it to be ten and ten and zero every decade for BYU, but. In terms of just the health of that, I think it'd be fun if sometimes you get some, sometimes we get some, and we have these close classic games, and uh, we'll we'll get get them next year type of deal. You know, I would I would love to get to that point where, listen, BYU's been dominated, and it's a couple plays away on a bunch of years. So hopefully BYU turns the tide and, and gets one this year, and now we're feeling better. Yep. And then we can relax for the next four years. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Just kick our feet up. <laughs> well, Jeremy, we appreciate you coming on and talking with us about, uh, about yourself and about BYU. Do you have any last things to share or any final rising shout outs? And thanks for the uh, mention of the show there. Yeah. Um, there's so, there's so much to celebrate and enjoy about BYU. Like get to know these guys through articles through uh interviews and features uh you know BYU TV we feel like we do and and then go support these guys man because these are these are kids who are human and have these experience and yes they represent the why at the end of the day they're individuals that are part of the collective so enjoy them and like go to these olympic sports too and get to know these people like women's soccer women's volleyball and baseball men's volleyball gymnastics we have some amazing athletes on campus who are coming here and doing a great job of repping uh, the blue and the white. And uh, it's a really fun time. Like get, enjoy BYU athletics for the people and it'll be an even better journey because you'll celebrate with them when they win and you'll empathize with them when they lose. Uh, it was awesome having Jeremy on that he was willing to come on and chat with us about BYU. Um, we recorded that interview about a week ago. And I was kind of hoping by today we would kind of know a little bit more about the Big 12 expansion. But from the hints I'm getting and the clues that I'm getting from Tom is that I'm, I'm pretty confident, and just from the other media sources, that I'm pretty confident that uh, BYU is going to be joining the Big 12 soon enough. So I get my wish, like I mentioned to Jerem, I just, I just, I really want to be from a BYU standpoint, back into a conference. I just hope that being in the Big 12, that we will still be able to put Utah on the schedule yeah. every year. That would just be the perfect scenario for me. On BYU Sports Nation, they've been – actually, today's show, they had a poll. So if you could take the Big 12 expansion or a guaranteed win against Utah, which would you take? Oh, that's not a fair. <laughs> I've always said, and we've said the last few years that we've known each other, like if BYU could just beat Utah, they can lose every other game this season. And I would be okay with that. This year, more than ever, like I think we kind of discussed with Jerem, is that we're not playing them again for four years. Is that right? Yeah. So I don't know if I can go another four years just hearing all the harassing from utah fans um that they well number one there's there's some we haven't really talked about streaks on the line that if 
Utah wins, then they break the longest streak for the BYU uh, Utah Holy War. Yep, they're tied um, at 10, nine right now. They're tied at nine, so that gives them 10. And then BYU also has a 10 game home win streak going on right now, so that would be broken if they lose. So it just would be salt in the wound if Utah were to win this Saturday. And unfortunately, I, it was BYU was favored in the game prior to last weekend, and now Utah's ranked. The Tides have turned, which maybe is a good thing. I think sometimes the underdog seems to have more fight in them when they come out thinking they're the underdog. So Utah's actually favored to win the game on Saturday, so I hope that that fires up BYU enough to come out with the, with the win. And hopefully but. we don't blow a 20-plus lead like we did last time. Yeah, don't blow the lead. And um, if we end up losing, I will not wear my Utah gear for a while because it will stink and it will hurt. So, I like you. I hope that with the Big 12, almost not if, but when at this point, I hope that we can continue to play them, especially since we still really need to turn the tide on the – I mean, it'll take a long time because the, the series is 62-34 to 34 per Utah and 59 to 31 per BYU. So hopefully we can just have a nice long streak ourselves, get out of that rut a little bit. I hope the rivalry continues because I think it's fun. It gives you – it's a conversation starter, and there's always something fun that comes out of it, some some healthy competition, some funny sound bites. And the cool thing, it used to be that uh, BYU-Utah played in November. That was kind of the the way it was growing up until Utah joined the Pac-12 and things had to change. But um, Yeah, it used to be like – the conference championship on the line, basically. Oh, yeah. Or not even that. If if by chance both teams had a crappy season, at least you had the BYU-Utah game to look forward to, and that was kind of like the bowl game, right? But right. I just I just really hope that it can somehow continues um, moving forward after all the dust settles on the realignments of the conferences. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. I forgot to mention that. Uh, did you hear that Utah has an honor code? Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah. Yes, your honor. No, your honor. <laughs> <laughs> what are the best four years of school for a Ute fan? What's that? Sixth grade. <laughs> what does a Utah student and a BYU student have in common? What's that? They both got accepted to Utah. All jokes aside, we love all our listeners, BYU, Utah, Utah State, whoever you vote for, just know where our allegiance lies. But there's a good chance there's not going to be an episode next week. If Utah wins, I'm going to go into hiding for a week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So depending on the outcome of the game, will depend on if we have a episode or not. So I guess that'll be your tell. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to This Is A Place podcast. See you next week. Can you tell us three nice things about your rival? Uh, who's our rival? We got rivals in conference. We got rivals out of conference. Uh, you, you know yeah. doggone well I'm talking about BYU. Oh, that, uh, the in-state game. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> he 
uh, state game. Well, it's, it, the dynamic has changed so much. Really? Yeah, because uh, you know they're no longer in the same conference. We were in the same conference for ever, you know, right. 60, 70, 80 years. I can't remember what it was, but but uh, so it's changed.